Welcome to the JRD Hogcast, your Razorback podcast for fans by fans. Here's your host, Dylan Lee. Join, as always, with his co-host, Jordan Russell, and their producer, Luke Griggs. You change one thing up, you gotta do one show without some FaceTime. And your co-host loses his dang mind. No, no, that's not, that's not what's happening. <laughs> this is, this is shot number three or four at an intro. Well, so hopefully this leaving, one sticks. You're leaving out intricate details that, that are actually directly affecting my preparedness. <laughs> oh man. But we don't want to tell people about that. No. Oh. They don't need to know all the details. All they need to know is you're losing your dang mind because you ain't seeing my pretty old face across FaceTime. <laughs> you, you own one is what you is. Oh, on your, one. Pre- your pretty face. You, you, you hit oh, the lingo, boy. huh? Someone, someone went into Urban Dictionary one time and says, you're on one. You're Was it the way I one. said it? Oh, yeah. I said howdy to a dude today, and he said it made him feel like he was back in Texas. Oh, that's adorable. Did he hate I was himself? like, well, uh, I'm from Texas, so there you go. You're welcome. Yeah. Too close to burn orange. No. I was way north of that shit. Yeah. No. As soon as you cross the border, it gets weird. Dude from Texas bought you a cookie, Dylan. <laughs> you you had you a Texas cookie. I didn't hear you griping about that. Uh, the, am I safe to say I haven't? Uh, well, I mean, that cookie didn't get eaten. You didn't eat the, you didn't eat the cookie? I didn't eat the cookie. Was it because he didn't play with you? I can't. Never mind. I'm yeah, not that. I was going to say, if you haven't seen that video, then guess, <laughs> guess you got to go back into the archive. Oh, man. Jordan's so you, Twitter and find take, what we uh, talk about again. You take, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that. It was that, Luke. So you <laughs> only accept cookies under circum- uh, certain scenarios. Well, all I said is I didn't eat the cookie i mean come uh, on man i have standards <laughs> I, I can't be given a cookie out of a trunk of a car just wrapped in a paper towel i felt like it was wrapped with love but i am a little bit biased that is my <laughs> that is my father so what's going on in the uh in the baseball world or is dvh fired yet i i don't know i think he saved his job did he save the, it with with a big series win versus Southern Alabama, right? That's who it was. Which 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 Alabama was it? Was it? It, it was a it was a Southern one. Okay, I mean all Kinda. that everything changes now, right? We we ain't got to worry about no pitching. We ain't got to worry about an injury. <laughs> yeah, Connor I mean, Nolan, all was right. We got two straight wins. We're we're back to being Omaha after beating like. Southern Alabama twice after losing to Southern Alabama by. Seven runs on Friday. But does it help that we beat them by nine on Saturday? It, it doesn't mean anything to me. Nah. It's, Wait, I think it's kind of. The issues are still there, right? The issues are still there. Man, it is funny to jump on some Twitter and just see how fast something can change in a matter of two games. Two days. I, I think there are some pitching issues that need to be addressed. <laughs> I think there are some, uh, as Bubba was saying on uh, the show, the radio broadcast, uh, you know, Van Horn is 
messing with some pieces of the puzzle and he can afford to do that against teams like this. Mm -hmm. But if he's messing with pieces of the puzzle, that means he's seeing that the puzzle isn't complete. So yes, there are still some issues and we're still going to take some L's. So if you felt a certain way about Van Horn three days ago, you should continue to, right? Uh, Consistency, people. uh, If you're going to hate him, hate him. I mean, stick stick to your guns at this point. Yeah, I mean, you can't... It, All it, is fixed. It, if you think that we're garbage, then the two games against Southern Alabama shouldn't have changed that. We should still be garbage. There's no moving parts, and there's not going to be continuity, and there's not going to be time to fix everything. You know, we're we're done. Season's over. One series, season's trash. You know, one one tournament in Houston. We're we're done. I will say, the drop in what was it five in a row? Is that what it ended up being? Yeah, yeah it was pretty ugly. I mean, that was rough. It's hard to watch. I mean, it's it's tough to you know see a team go to Omaha twice and then see them lose five in a row. But hey, the year before they lost four in a row. So, right, yeah, we've already done the comparisons and stuff. Uh, I think I think the biggest thing is going to be the pitching, the pitching staff. Uh, obviously, Nolan didn't play this weekend, so would that have changed anything? I don't know, but you would like to think that your, you know, next man up mentality against competition like that wouldn't be as big of a deal. But nonetheless, they did get themselves on a two-game winning streak. You want to hope that it'll be four by the time we be uh, play Mississippi State next weekend. Uh, was it Grand Canyon Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe? Or yeah, Wednesday and Tuesday, Thursday? Wednesday, we got Grand yeah. Canyon. Yeah, you hope that that's nothing to be concerned about, but... Like we said, if you think Van Horn is trash, you stick to saying Van Horn is trash. And once it's on Twitter, it's always on Twitter. Yeah. So we know who you are. And they, they can delete it, but they can't edit it. They can't edit it. And that's going to be the first people that's going to say we knew it the whole time mm-hmm. if they end up in Omaha again, right? Yeah. Um, I mean... Did, did you watch a lot of it? I mean, Saturday was, I was kind of in and out on that with work and everything, but. Saturday, uh, I was focused on the basketball game, so I didn't. It, it was tough to bounce back and forth, and I was, uh, I had one game on the radio, had one on my phone, like in terms of watching it, and then was getting updates via the game day app on the left, on the women's side, I think. A lot of Razorback stuff going on all at one time. But I was just kind of cycling back between all of them. But Bolden looked good. I mean, he went six innings. Uh, they kind of got to him a little bit, but he, he he looked like a name that you could keep around in the rotation when it came to the pitching side of things. I got a DM from Love Dem Hogs okay. that said he is our starter. I mean, we need more than just one. <laughs> uh, it, I kind of took it... Um, Kind of like what you were saying a while ago. I was like, yeah, I mean, good outing, yes. Um, are you ready to say he's a starter? Well, there's been there's been a lot of that with the last few. I mean, I, they were screaming for Adams for a little bit. They were screaming for uh, Ramage, and, you know, then what happened? People got after him, and then it's like, well, maybe, no, no, it's baseball. Ramage has not been... He's not started his year off good, that's for sure. No. And then, you know, Connor Nolan's at, you know, he 
got the two outings, but they were kind of polar opposites with that kind of thing. We don't know if that was because of the oblique injury or what it was on that side of things, but yeah, you still got a lot of baseball. You still got a lot of rhythm and mojo that needs to happen. So, what about uh, what about Vermillion's performance today? What'd you think of that? Vermillion's been a guy that just kind of sitting there hoping, you know. Yeah, and uh, he he did what he had to do. You know, what was I mean, it? Uh, he got six strikeouts. Six out of ten batters face. Ten. Okay. I thought he was actually face less than that. So that would have been like three innings or something like that. Yeah, he went he went three innings with forty two uh pitches and he's got a zero ERA so far. Um he was a guy that I was kind of wondering about coming into the season, if he could possibly be a closer, mainly because of his body size. Looking like it, and, huh? Yeah, leverage and everything that he can put into his pitches. But, again, not the best talent to kind of appraise that at. But he could be – I'm still saying he could be one of the closers. I don't know if he'd be the closer, but one of them. In terms of where Van Horn's been using these guys, we've seen Tress kind of fall into a closer-type role and Vermillion's done that. But I, I bet it's leaning more towards Vermillion for closer. At least for right now. And at least – I mean, it, you you gotta. It's tough to follow Cronin, and you're honestly probably not going to right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So is but you're looking is. at Friday's <laughs> pitching lineup. You had Wicklander that threw 67 pitches in three and two thirds inning. You had Cops who threw 22 and two thirds inning, and then Paletti. I'm not familiar <laughs> with. Uh, <coughs> Is he a uh, is he a young guy? Is he a transfer? Do you know anything about Paletti yet? Uh, no, I do not. But they they go up there and throw five pitchers on the mound on a Friday night start. That's that's not ideal. Oh, that's the uh, freshman from Benton. So he's a youngin. Yeah. Well, he that would at least you can somewhat excuse thirty two pitches and not even two innings. That's definitely not not where you want to be, but. I don't know. They just jumped all over us on that Friday game, though. I don't know if we were kind of still feeling the burn from the prior weekend or maybe overlooking the team. I mean, that's that's kind of easy to do in baseball. I, I think when you're got four down in a row, though, you can't overlook anybody. Well, no, you definitely don't want to be. You yeah. definitely don't want to be doing that. But I don't know. They did not come out looking like a Van Horn coach team. That's for sure. It just, I mean, you kind of take the feel of uh, Bubba in the booth calling the game. I mean, probably as homer as it gets, and he's, like, trying to defend it to the point where I think it, he finally said, I can't keep making up excuses anymore Right during that game. So, I don't know, it just wasn't a good one. I'll tell you what, though, that Nightingale for uh, South Alabama that pitched Friday night, mm-hmm. that dude's legit. I mean, he through 119 pitches and you know got nine strikeouts that's that's pretty good average there out of i guess he was a pretty good uh uh, ground ball hitting pitcher which if you can i I don't know about you if you can't strike him out i'd much rather be a ground ball pitcher than a pop fly pitcher oh yeah i feel like ground balls you can get more uh more plays done on the field you know more opportunities for double plays and stuff like that but he he he's got a season ERA so far of 
3.09, and they've played 15 games. That's that's not too shabby. Where everybody else is sitting at around nine, or Blake Adams right now has a 9.95. I'm guessing that came from, um, was it OU that put up a bunch of runs on us last weekend? Uh, I mean, OU had like six. Texas had a few. Um, I mean, really, the first time we got cracked double digits on was South Alabama. Um, I wonder what. Kind of, I can't remember where I he would have gotten I, that number from. It would have been the Texas. Did we go along with him? No, he didn't. Have it, so. Either way, that that number, especially early in the season, that's not, you know, can't read too much into that. But I tell you, Ramage said with a 4.4, that's a pretty honest earned number there. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't know. He's got to settle down. Um, you can't put too much stock in early early season pitching, but Ramage just doesn't seem to be making those strides that you would hope an upperclassman would at this point. I mean, they're sitting with 14 games under their belt, so he might end up finding himself deeper on the depth chart if he can't turn it around. Yeah, he was supposed to be a guy that we weren't supposed to worry too much about on that side of things and we were hoping that we could see some younger arms at this point in the season and we are but for wrong reasons yeah not for not for the right reasons that's for sure yeah we're trying to find the right puzzle but we got it done like i said we're now on a two-game win streak we ended up putting up 15 runs yesterday um the bats obviously just we need to get those up a little bit more consistently but or a little bit more consistency uh i like you said we're we're not the sky isn't falling. Everything uh truly do believe will be okay, you know, come a month from now. I think we're gonna be setting pretty. So just figure out the pitching staff, maybe get some young guys more playing time for the right reasons, you know, in the midweek games we trust and everybody just needs to calm the hell down. I have to agree with that. I mean and is there anything better than, you know, buzzer beater, walk off home runs, stuff of that nature? We got to have kind of two of those. I mean, we got a one-point win with the women's basketball game in the first round of the tournament, and then we get a walk-off today by Kershaw. But Is there anything better than Sam Pittman, Sam Pittman walking around the hog pen? Touche. <laughs> no, no, I agree. The I, I almost feel walk-offs are probably the best ending of games you can have. In all of sports, in walk all of off sport. home runs. Yeah. Just something about it. The, you know, when you're in a tense basketball game or a tense football game, it kind of ends and it's exciting, you know, like, hey, we, we score. But with baseball, especially if you're down one and there's somebody on base and you get that walk off, like the situation today, or I think it was tied today yeah. and frankly was on base. You, you get that walk-off, so as a fan, you get to experience the watching the ball leave and, you know, the wondering, oh, is it going to make it? Is it going to make it? It's gone. And then you get to enjoy, in this situation, cursed at, jogging around the base pass. You get the teammates coming up ready to just dogpile the hell out of him at the home plate. I don't know. For me, I feel like that's probably the best one there is in sports. No, I'd have to agree because overall, just all the senses that you can get, like – the visual of a nice ballpark, first off, just being mm-hmm. at a ballpark like bomb because it's a beautiful state. I think we can agree on that one. Um, Absolutely. Then you have the crack of a bat, which is a wonderful sound. 
You, nothing beats a metal bat. And then the enjoyment, like you said, trotting the bases and finishing off the team, no matter who it is. doesn't matter who the opponent is. You just right. walked them off and deflated them with one crack of the bat. And I'd have to agree on that side of things. We all have done the gym or driveway countdown of the shot clock when you're shooting mm-hmm. the basketball everyone's done that but there's nothing better than bottom of the ninth you know being able to at do that home as well. at home so. you're needing your your for all intents and purposes the the team itself knows that they're okay but for the fans you know the team needs to kind of make them feel better again i don't know it was you know to be dramatic for a second that could be that could end up being a pivotal at bat for the rest of the season. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a an over exaggeration by any stretch where we were sitting. So if we lost a series like that, man, it wouldn't have been good, especially yeah. a series like we we talked a lot last year about midweek games and how they 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 matter, but they're not the end all be all. It's more about the series, and we can afford to drop a series or two to a conference foe but to a team like south alabama that would have followed us all year yeah when you're talking that you know talking the whole daydreaming sports you know making those big moments in your driveway or backyard i could never give myself two strikes no <laughs> no yeah i might i might have had two i, I might have had two outs you know against me but i never wanted that last strike even when i was daydreaming was it because you didn't have faith in yourself of tossing up and hitting it? <laughs> you always hey, got to have you this. You, you always had to have that little bit of leeway, okay? Hey, you know, he balked in the next guy up. The question I have for you, though, we're talking about we both agree walk-off home runs are the best. Compare it to a Michael Qualls dunk at the buzzer against Kentucky. Now, I'm not saying a buzzer beater shot or, you know, like a fade to the corner of the end zone type but a Michael Qualls dunk at the buzzard against Kentucky. That's a tough one, but. That's t- not generic though, right? That's no. not your average. So I feel like that could be a little bit of the asterisk beside that one. Like walk off home runs, bottom of ninth are better than anything else except. Yeah. I don't know if you can beat that one, dude. And it all really what leads up to it. I mean, a big game like Kentucky, I think that one kind of gets an edge, especially on a walk off against. Southern Alabama, but again, like I said, doesn't matter who. However, when it, we're talking about sports emotion and maybe more specifically Arkansas Razorback emotion, mm-hmm. seventeen nothing versus LSU, because the stuff that was leading up to it, when we're just controlling the game and just letting it happen, and you feel everything happening, and if you're in the actual stadium, you're seeing landmark security. Prepping for what they know is about <laughs> to happen. Bringing out guardrails for some reason. Like that was going to stop us. <laughs> and, you know, you have 60,000 of your closest friends looking down at the field. And you see the guardrails and you're like, U of A, you might as well just get the fine money ready. We'll do the GoFundMe. This is happening. And then when them hit zeros and you storm the field. That's unreal. That's going to be one of those deals well, that I tell grandkiddies and all of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're veering into a little bit different level of, um, I guess, shock 
Like that's not at that point it wasn't a shock. It just came to to be a realization. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it was seventeen nothing. Like it wasn't like it just happened. So comparing that like to walk off or buzzer beater and stuff like that, that's that's why I brought up the Michael Michael Calls one because that was a buzzer beater dunk. Yeah. You, you don't see those often. No. Nope. So yeah, as far as emotions, I don't think you can beat that one. Maybe you got that wood game, but the was that Miracle and Markham one? so but yeah just finishes more finishes like producer here says like a four down stop against lsu for a shutout win that is what led to it but if it was like lsu was on the goal line and they could have punched it in to win and that stop happened that'd be kind of a buzzer beater football-esque you know Mm -hmm. i gotta admit something to you also uh we agreed to jump on here at seven thirty today. Uh, do some prep, get going at eight for recording. Mm-hmm. I did not realize the time changed until my wife said, "This time change is kicking my ass." Hey, yeah. I was like, you, you "I was like, what time change?" You're dropping that, my wife. How's that feeling? It's been a few oh, weeks, boy. huh? I did it. I can't eat it, huh? Yeah. Well, she she said that, and I was I didn't know, and then it all started making sense. I'm like. Well, of course I didn't sleep till 10 o'clock. I've never sleep till 10 o'clock. It was 9 o'clock yesterday. Now it's 10 o'clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this whole day is just kind of... That kind of hurts me that you're sleeping till 9. That must that must be nice. Hey, it was a kid-free weekend, dude. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, otherwise it's anytime 7 or, below, or before, which are... I don't even need to set my alarm clock anymore for work. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We got a, uh, we got one real close here. Yeah, we do. Or you do. I yeah. don't. Me and Member my of the wife. JRD family. Yeah, we uh, have Nolan expected arrival the sixteenth. So that's next Monday. That's next Monday. You can't let your let your kid be born on a Monday. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> You can't. Like, he's going to come in and like, no, I don't want to do this. Can I come back tomorrow? We have to follow doctor's orders. They treated us well with the first one. He's still alive and well. And, you know, probably heard him on a few recordings now. There's only 74 of them. I'm sure he's made an appearance once or twice. We need to let him on and call the hogs one day. Just got to let it happen. Yeah, we can get a little bit more crisp. He definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, it, it it's more or less kind of mumbles through but it's, yeah it's to get in there it, oh yeah for sure i mean two years old he's 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 killing it doing better than my two-year-old he, he recognizes the razorbacks very well but then again he kind of has no choice because they are everywhere you i mean yeah. or not? that they're everywhere in your house yeah <laughs> yeah okay as I, as I look at donald w reynolds right now and i look at some artwork wearing a shirt yeah this this isn't too surprising for me at all no, not not even a little bit. As we're recording, I'm looking at two of the identical Razorback clocks. That always cracks me up, man, when I'm over there. They're right next to each other. Identical clocks. One's broken, right? Well, actually, that has grown to be both are broken. Oh. I'm going to... They were a Christmas present. One was a Christmas present. The one given to me for Christmas broke. So I took the other one from my parents because they had another one. There's three of these in existence in, at one point in the same house. And uh, I didn't have anywhere to put it, so I just hung it there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to hang the breaking, broken one next to it. And somewhere along the way, the other one decided it didn't want to work either. But 
they are nice. Fair enough. <laughs> They're nice clocks. I mean, it's broken or not broken. Day, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to throw them away. It's got a Razorback on it. I'm sure you can fix them. I mean, I, I could probably just take them down off of that uh, rack and, I don't know, put batteries in it or something. Probably be okay. <laughs> is that what it is? You think the batteries are just dead? <laughs> well, the one is actually broke. The original, the OG, that one's broke. The other one has to be batteries because it, it actually didn't get dropped or anything laid on it. So... You know, when we get done here, I might, no, I probably won't, but I could possibly go and take a look at it. You, you won't. I'm not doing that. So, uh, enough clock talk, right? Yeah. The women's basketball, uh, you mentioned, had a uh, pretty phenomenal finish against Texas A&M, a team we got a redemption win there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Was that Thursday? That would have been. That was Thursday, Thursday. yeah. And then... uh so that's good, and the, you know, the big wigs are saying that that win helped us. Possibly, this was this was first reported to us by Lou Griggs, our producer, that that might have been the win to get us out of the region with South Carolina in the tournament. That was the actually tournament. Friday. Was it Friday? Yeah, but obviously we're talking the sixty-seven to sixty-six win, and it was a Over. defensive stand to close that one out. It, yeah, it, it was it was sketchy on that last possession, and I can't remember that girl's name, but she's she's a baller. Uh, and would that have been Boston? That's kind of their first name. Was it? You're well, ta- you're, we talking, to... you're talking on the Texas A&M side, right? Boston. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it might have been Carter. Carter. Yeah. Uh, she is for uh, South Carolina. We and got to they... listen to her in the uh, press conference. When they beat us earlier in the year, they didn't beat us by much. I don't have that up, but I don't think I don't think they. I'm pretty sure we were in that game all the way to the end. But when she came up there in the press conference, she knows she's good. Yeah, <laughs> and she wasn't too bashful to tell us about it. But um, sorry, I'm still still dealing with the clo- th- uh, throat clearing people. That's yeah. my apologies. Yeah, it's corona, it happens, man. It it does. But um, the great win, you know, but. Did anybody honestly think that we were going to beat South Carolina? I mean, hey, you play the game. Play the you got to play it. You got to play it. And I mean, they they hung around. And then nah, it, I'm not. It, it, I'm it, not doing it just, that. It just happened. I mean, it, I mean, literally, it, we're we're nine points down mm-hmm. at one point, and then next thing you know, we're. I mean, it it seemed almost instantaneously. We were nine points down. I'm in here like, hey, we got a chance. You know, I'm flipping back and forth between them and the men. Like, we got a shot here. Flip back over to the men, see what's going on with them. Flip back over, we're down 16. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah, there there was a stretch when I was bouncing between all three. Like, okay, all of these need some attention right now. Right. At that time, baseball was uh, spaced out pretty good, so it was like, you're going to be third on the rotation in terms yeah. of where I go. So <laughs> we watched a little bit of the ba- uh, the women's game, basketball, switched over to the men's side. It, it was tough. It it was tough a uh, few hours for Razorback fans right there from that, uh, I would say, like the 3.30 to 4.30 window. Yep, yep. Take in that content. Thank God Supercross didn't start till 6.30. I would have really been in a pickle. Oh, come on. You would have been fine. You know, you got them dirt scooters on record. 
It's on an app actually because it's 2020 and freaking everything is. But yeah, um, the women. It that so having the notes here that the selection show is March 16th. Yep. I believe that will be a busy day for the Lee family, possibly. But uh, it's on at six on ESPN. Just make sure your wife understands you got to watch that, Dylan. You know, <laughs> have it on in the room or something. That'll but happen. Uh, yeah. But um, it would. It's interesting. I hope what Luke Luke was kind of still in what they were saying on the broadcast as he was watching the. Was that Friday? I think Luke was watching that they mentioned that um, against the A and M, the women against A and M, saying that if they get that win, that's got a really good shot of getting them out of the region with South Carolina. And if that's uh, so, it was Thursday, but um, get a be a good shot to get them out of the region with South Carolina. If that's the case, we might actually have a decent shot of making a a run. Right. Well, the the Thursday was opening for um the tournament. So that's when we played Auburn and that was handled business there and the ladies did against Auburn. Then we had the Texas A and M game on Friday. And after the Auburn game, if they were they were talking about on the, like SEC insider that they do mm-hmm. the post game on that kind of thing that the if A and M win might get us to the other side of a bracket bracket which if that if that's the case that's the that's good that's that's real big and that's hopefully yeah, real big hopefully someone else can knock off South Carolina or we don't have to do it until the final four or championship. Yeah, you hope that you you hope that you get to enjoy it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have them in the first two rounds, I mean that's that's unfortunate, especially and that not just as a Razorback fan, but you kind of want to keep the SEC on SEC crime to a minimum the best you can until the more meaningful Sweet Sixteen ish rounds. Yeah. I think they don't even have really the first few rounds. I think that's kind of based on a seeding deal, kind of like they do uh, location-wise for the mm-hmm. uh, baseball side. So I don't even think the necessarily the uh, locations have been finalized. So which is kind of surprising because, like the men's side, they have them already broken down. You know the brackets and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm sure that's a scheduling nightmare. That's probably why they need another week to figure out how they're going to do it. Right, yeah. Figuring out where they can actually play games and stuff. Because when it comes to women's basketball, all these programs are pretty much sharing facilities with the men's side, which some of those arenas are still having tournaments, you know, conference tournaments, and might still have some regular season games here at the end. It's got to be a scheduling nightmare. I can only imagine being in that room for that kind of stuff. Oh, that kind Gross. of stuff would not uh, would not be fun. I would not enjoy doing that for a living. I nope. mean, you you have to break that stuff down. Uh, some the more interesting tidbits tidbits out of this too is Ramirez broke a team record with 105 three pointers. Um, Back up a Luke. few episodes, and let's talk about you know. SEC honors and the fact that she didn't get any. Didn't get any, right? Yeah, not even a second team shout out. Mm. Uh, didn't get to talk to producer Luke much about this because right as this kind of started coming up, we ended up 
recording, but he felt that she might have been a tad bit underutilized. He he's been a strong uh, supporter of hers. Her Do you think she was underutilized? I think the I minute I, I think I think the minutes break down in there, but um, it's more of like a lost in the shuffle kind of thing. I mean, she put up 105 three pointers, so she got the looks, she got the <laughs> yeah. shots right. So yeah, I mean, they are very quick in terms of you know they're usually taking a shot within seven seconds of the shot clock. That's kind of what they're shooting for, and it's unique. That they're wanting one pass, really. Like I've, you, the fundamentals of basketball, you know, make the Tell extra you pass. you no less than three, know, right? Man. <laughs> and they're like, "What? Let's just go for one, one, one well, pass, so, seven seconds in." And when it comes to loss and shuffle, obviously you've got players like Dungey and Ramirez or and uh, mm-hmm. Tolfrey, and she was, you know, a straight third option. It seemed like. And a lot, some games, that third option would have gotten pushed to a fourth with Daniels and depending else. Because there would always seem like there'd be kind of a fourth that would kind of fall into that role. And maybe like Williams, uh, last few games, he played very well and was in double digits for scoring. So that was, you kind of have that oddball. But Ramirez also, who was it against? I think it might have been Georgia where the game plan was basically to get her elbow shots and make her like Jimmy Witt. <laughs> so yeah. and they took advantage of that. So they have made game plans for Ramirez. So in terms well, he, of, he says here in the chat, the says her shot attempts are usually just really low. That's kind of what he's basing that off of. Also, um, I would say that that just means she's a pretty efficient shooter too. Right. Like she's not throwing up um Dungey, um our our resident Eddie from Clarksville here with uh um Andy has brought up kind of echoed what I said a few episodes ago as well about Dungey and just kind of not seeming to be herself. Uh Dungey's got a very, very easily telegraphed first step and gets shot down a lot like her driving's just not as efficient as it used to be but also she wasn't the one you know toll free would take some shots sometimes you're like eh. but a lot of times toll free's looking to distribute we've talked about daniels and her distribution um it seemed like any possession that the ball got in dungy's hands first were dungy's shots right so her shot attempts being low, I don't I don't really think it was anything by design. I feel like she's efficient because she didn't miss much, it seemed like, anyway. I don't know what her yearly uh, uh, three-point percentage is, but I would uh, I would say probably high 40s, wouldn't you think? Probably around there. I know she leads the team, correct? I think she does have the she leads the team in uh, percentage on that side of things. 44.2 is what it is, so... Yeah, that's that's pretty gum efficient when we're talking about three pointers. Um, what do you think? I know I know we're not done yet. I know we still have uh, the tournament and everything. Forty four point seven. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now I just lost him. Um, I know he, we're not. He we said forty seven. He, he corrected himself by half a percent because he's uh, from three. 
The 44.2 is from the field. The hole. So she's just a solid shooter all yeah. the way around. Yeah. Like I said, the elbow shot was hard because they, <laughs> they knew that they would push her out. And they kept getting that. I want to say it was against Georgia. I talked about that in the uh, post-game press conference. And it was kind of surprising that they did that because they're like, that's what we're going to have to do the next few games. It's like, well, they're going to see that on tape. But you just laid it out to them in a press conference now. Right. So, yeah, neighbors isn't shy when it comes to. I mean, you know, I, I kind of caught that a lot actually this year, getting to do the the media side of it for the women's. Mm-hmm. Their coaches are pretty transparent. Yep, like across the board, all the coaches. I mean, yeah, yeah, all um, of them were. Gary Blair, right? Former player or former? Uh, yeah, coach, A&M's coach. A&M coach. Yeah, he, he was a good one. Um, South Carolina. Her name just escaped me. <laughs> She was the, definitely a character there. So South Carolina's uh, head coach as well. Coach of the year, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coach she, of the year, yeah. He, oh man, you saw. Obvious, obviously, she is a really, really good coach. I just have a hard time with awards in general. Just don't make sense to me in the sports world. I don't. Uh, obviously, so yeah. Speaking of that, I feel like maybe I have to address some things with our previous discussion about player of the year and i've been told that it came across that i don't believe mason jones deserves it and that i was trying to make the argument that isaiah joe does and that's not really the case i obviously agree that mason jones deserves it i'm just saying what the sec is probably gonna do i'm not saying they're gonna give it to joe but i feel like they're not gonna give it to joe Although everything aligns up with that. You gave him co-player all the time, and I think a few times you gave him outright from, you know, surprisingly. So um, mm-hmm. he's been the most nominated person when it came to SEC Player of the Week. So that alone should tell you, maybe this guy's the year because he's been Player of the Week so much. Maybe we should make it the yearly award. But And he's a scoring champion. And he's a scoring this year. champion. But probably going to go to Kentucky because Kentucky. Well, yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's ultimately where 100% true. That's ultimately where it wears down. So it's because Kentucky, it's going to be the one time that they don't want to do a co-award. We'll just say that. Yeah, absolutely. So they put a, I don't have it in front of me, but I know that, uh, I believe it was, um, quickly, quickly Mason. And I don't, I don't think it was Perry. In this particular lineup that I saw, wow! But uh, well, three off the top of my head. Yeah, but this one he the three it was guards, so they um, he led them in points. Obviously, he led them in assist. He led them in three point field goal percentage, and he led them in field goal percentage, all three of them. And something that I didn't really get across in your we'll call it devil's advocate. Um, argument last week or last show is it in my opinion player of the year should not be strictly scoring but unfortunately that's kind of where it is now yeah I mean that's that's kind of the deal across the board so that's, right your arguments with Joe were absolutely on point and I agreed with them but just for a player of the year award in today's basketball world it's Jones and also keep in mind, in the latest mock drafts, they have Isaiah Joe 18 to the Oklahoma Thunder. 
Well, I mean, if he ends up going saw, anywhere, that'd saw, be ideal, I, right? I saw three of them, and they were all to Oklahoma. I was like, at eighteen, huh? At eighteen, which I'm like, they do the lottery there, you know, with the, the whole ping pong balls and all that. Right. Yeah. It's supposed to be weighted a little bit differently in years past, but it's chance. It's not one of those deals where you can see it forming out like the NFL. So I'm like, how can you project where a ping pong ball is gonna go? Well, the lottery, though, um, and and I will be the first to admit, I don't 100% understand it, but the lottery picks are not for the first five picks. Is that right? No, it is. Yeah, it's like the first 15 or so that they actually fill out out of of the ping pong balls. How do you guarantee LeBron James gets picked first by Cleveland? There is tons of conspiracy theories across the board don't really know a lebron one but there's the frozen card and really what brought up the ping pong so um supposedly and i don't remember the team because i am young but the gist of the deal was a team that they used to do envelopes the team froze their envelope and then when it went into the hopper and they were reaching for it for number one just found the cold one. That's, uh. that's how they did that one. And so that that was like a proven deal. Again, it's something that I'll have to, you know, get a little more on the team side of things and remember it, but I'm sure there's some folks out there that knows which ones I'm talking about. I want to say yeah. the Knicks, but that just might be me hating the Knicks. <laughs> so. Well, that's interesting, but I, I, I didn't think... Um... I've got a book somewhere that's a whole bunch of sports conspiracies, and that was in there. It was like a... Well, obviously, the lottery, the 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 point of it makes sense. So teams don't tank. Yeah, but teams can still tank. Yeah, absolutely. At a because chance. so because the the worse you are, the more ping pong balls are in. However, they weighted out a little bit differently in the last few years. So I don't remember how it is. I think it's a little more of a level deal. So um, the Knicks back to them. They're one that really kind of foobarred the whole supposed tanking thing this last year because the idea was that they were going to make a big offseason push and they were going to get Kevin Durant, they were gonna get Kyrie, and then in the lottery they were going to also get uh, Zion. They were going to get the number one pick. Zion. Now, um, I do remember he didn't want to go there, right? None of that happened because <laughs> ultimately number one went to the Pelicans. Pelicans so. Well, I... I uh... I, I, I don't care about NBA when it comes <laughs> to that kind of stuff, but uh, I will, I am intrigued now that you've brought that up. I didn't realize the lottery went that deep. For some reason, I was thinking it was an early five picks or something like that. But I, that's uh, I was I was obviously intrigued to see where he was in yeah. terms of before injury. Um, you know, midway through the season, I was seeing about twenty and everything like that, and he seems to be right on with that. Nothing really changed and. Like the injury isn't going to be too much. Both those guys are going to put their names in and see what they get. All we can hope is that they go through the workouts and maybe want to come back. Another part of Muscleman's recruiting, right there. Yeah, that's if anything, that's the biggest part of it all. Because you you get you get those two guys back. Um, I thought Henderson actually played another good game. I know you corrected me on that against the Georgia. He's up and Georgia. down, man. I mean, yeah, him, but man. you, you, you stay with Musselman and you get that grind with him. You know, you, you pick that up because 
when he's up, he looks pretty damn good. Yeah. In and terms of what he's supposed to be doing. And- in terms of who he is and what his game is, absolutely. I think he needs to work on freaking moving the arm. I mean, he wants to throw everything out of the building, which is a good mindset, but it's too easy when you, what is he, 6'10"? Six nine, something like that. It's too easy to see that big ass arm coming down, and you know, especially in today's freaking SEC officiating, it's a foul. He, especially he, if you got an Arkansas in the front of your chest. He's got to stay vertical and keep the hands up. But there are flashes with him that are, in terms of tools that he has at his disposal, athleticism out the freaking arena. Mm-hmm that remind me of Bailey and that's kind of funny because they're both two guys that have kind of Bailey when I saw him as a freshman and like he's taught he's handed off the torch to Henderson to be that guy that Dylan's just gonna sit there and keep saying his name until something happens and well you've been right though (laughs) Bailey um sorry I'm trying to hit the cough button I'm trying to time it as well as I can over here so if I seem a little delayed I'm doing it for you guys listening, but, uh, uh, Bailey, it, it's so sad for him. Like I, I genuinely hate it. Uh, cause you have been on him the whole time. You, you've kind of seen what this year he's capable of. And and you can't help but think even as good as he's been this year, mm-hmm. another year with Musselman, he could be even better. Yeah. I mean, if he could have some big guys where he doesn't have to guard the big, Ugh. yeah, you know, he's exerting energy out the ass for, mm-hmm guarding those guys and he does a good job at it and you know now he's kind of opened his game up a little bit he's got a little bit of a shot now or more consistently anyway I guess he's always been able to hit a couple of them but with a little bit more consistency his energy it just it's really unfortunate I'm not not hating on Anderson necessarily but Musselman has been able to get the most out of these guys that I think anybody expected right like, you know, some people are pissed we're not going to the tournament. At least I don't think we are. We got moved to next four out during the game. I don't know what us losing did, but. We're probably uh, still right there with it. We don't, me and you have been saying it. We don't want it. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be in the tournament. I don't know. I think the cool thing about the tournament compared to the NIT is there's not a whole lot different about it in terms of the functionality of it. Right. You still get those practices you still get the seating you still got to sit and watch who you got next um i had a little bit of a mm, tiff i guess with a with a friend over the weekend and he didn't like that we want that he thinks it's better to have the tournament the ncaa tournament and i brought that up i'm like well what's the difference we're not going to make it we're not going to get past for sure the second round a team like this you want the most games right yeah, you want the you won the most games and I don't feel like we have the makeup for a Cinderella team. No. And I'm I'm saying Cinderella even to the Sweet 16. Not that we don't have the coach that can do it. He's proven that he can do it obviously. But I just don't feel like this team right now is the type of team that will be able to compete legitimately in the NCAA tournament. So as I started to say at the beginning of this, you still get that tournament feel and the logistical feel of what it's like to be in a big tournament because NIT for whatever reason is still a pretty damn good big tournament I mean it's still things that teams take pride in winning so um, I think that's what's best I feel like we could probably get to the sweet 16 if you will of that tournament and 
Um, the good thing about it is, is we'll still be able to see Bailey. I mean, we still get some Bailey time. You can't, you just can't underplay the size. You know, the fact that we haven't had it all season and where we're at. The fact that we're even talking like that we're this close to getting into Mary. And at the end of last year, you know, when Mike Anderson was still here, you weren't saying that we were going to be anywhere close to the tournament. No, absolutely not. So now it wasn't a thought. <laughs> now, you know, we, we had a chance to be as high as ninth if we won in terms of the SEC seating. We fall to 11. We're going to face Vanderbilt in game one. That, that's a tough draw when you have to play that extra game and you can't get her first, you know, first round by. Mm-hmm. It, it's tough when you've got to play. I mean, at that point, you've got to play be four, five, won't five it? games. See, yeah, five. Yeah, yep. So putting five games together and you're we're really on the right side of it because we wouldn't have to face Kentucky until championship. If that, you know, if you're going chalk on that side of things, you're going chalk, we're losing to South Carolina next round. Yeah, I think that I think that we could probably get to if if we go chalk, I still think we could probably take Carolina. But that's kind of where I'm at with it. I feel like, and I want that to happen. I something about Frank Martin, man. But the interesting it's, part it's, is it's the way he looks. It's all it is. <laughs> the the interesting part of that deal is you know we face South Carolina, we get that W because you know we do things. Then we're facing old Willie Wade, and of course. I want a Willie Wade win. And then it's like, but you guys are playing so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Eventually something's got to give. So Hey, Willie Wade had some nice things to say about us. I don't care. Um, he's I up, meant he, to ask you he, about he, that. He, he's, up, he's up to some shenanigans. That's what it is. You think okay. he's trying to undercut us? Yeah. Like he's, All he's, he's doing trying is trying to buy his bag man some time. You, does that mean he's getting out of the country? No, that means he's handing it, handing off money to the next recruit he wants. That's all it is. Oh. It's all misdirection. I'll just say Willie Wade a few more times because I'm a little disappointed that doesn't catch on. Like people get, is it something like why do we just call him Will Wade? He's why sleazy. Do we? Yeah, he's What's sleazy. His name? It, it, it's <laughs> Willie Wade. It's extra. well. I mean, I'm I'm all I'm all about Willie Wade. I I, I think you got to add the extra sleaze to it. it it's not just Will Wade. Sleazeball, Willie Wade. Straight oh, up. so you're putting, no, nah, that's too much to say, man. I can't do that. No, I'm not saying add sleazeball to it. Oh. I'm I'm saying <laughs> that I'm like the only one that's calling him Willie Wade. <laughs> it's my thing. I'm fine with that, but I'm surprised it hasn't caught on. Some people just don't have the humor you do, man. Like they, it, it, you're you're the guy that, will live his life without ever having been a comedian, but possibly one of the funniest people in the world. So honestly, just anytime I see Willie Wade on the uh, side there, I'm, I'm, I just, I see the slick back and like a toothpick and all that, all the bad, like soprano, all of that nasty mobster waste management shenanigans. <laughs> he owns I, a freaking waste management company. I see Willie Wade. And a black leather duffel, and he's just sliding it to some high school kid's dad. It's insane to me with the amount of things that have come down the pipe, not just including Willie Wade, but all of the NCAA stuff. Yeah. And nothing's happening to anybody. No. 
It's it's very Hillary Clinton-ish. I mean, come on. We we've talked about it earlier in the season, but Memphis. Yeah, what do they still <laughs> why don't they still have a basketball team? You gonna tell the guy that took inappropriate funds to, <laughs> to donate inap- <laughs> Donate it. Well, he's gonna have to go get more inappropriate funds to donate it. We already went over this. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Like it's, it's it's incredible. You know, we'll have we'll have some dying down around the June and July time, and I think it's about time we actually do have the NCAA episode that we have teased for a do long time. Do you think time. we finally do that? And I think it's time that we have a JRD podcast. NCAA Willie Wade sleeves ball special. Special. We need to when when producer Luke releases that. Uh, we need to add them. At add them on the uh, the Twitter. at the NCAA, yeah, Ooh, and just man. see what happens. We have an expose. Can we? Can also, we, can we do it like uh, ESP? Uh, the thirty for thirty. What if I told you the NCAA is a piece of. Oh well, that's not too surprising. All right, end of episode. No, no one, no one would listen. Actually, we and need to, cut. <laughs> what if I told you that they're completely honest? Wait, what? I also have to point out here: uh, we didn't get to dip into the mailbag just for time constraints, but wanted to point out that Andy did agree with me on the uh, Mason Jones stuff. But now impossible. that you pulled that up, impossible. I know it, it's. I feel like our relationship think, just did, took the next step. Did he think it? Did he think you was me? That had to been flipped. There's no way you and Andy agreed. Do you think he typoed? Maybe I was coughing too many opposite? that episode. <laughs> and he also gave us a coronavirus warning. Don't, or he said, don't forget to wash your hands and don't touch your face. Yeah, that was like his sign off thing. Props to him. Yeah, I mean he's a. He's <laughs> did you see? Did you see that clip of that lady at the news press press conference? Oh my god! <laughs> She's like, don't touch your face. And then she and then goes she and licks her finger to turn the page, <laughs> like right on cue. Like they are the ones fighting for your health and safety in this country, and if, if that doesn't make you feel good, what is? Someone had to have paid her, right? I mean, that was too on point for that transition. Do you think that was on purpose? Do you think that was? No, no I don't I, think I, so. I'm, I think no, it would just she's just that damn stupid. Just, just dumb. Just, just that absent minded. Yeah. But that's the government for you, so <laughs> we'll have a special on the government after the NCAA. I mean, again, going back to Hashtag how we should... Hashtag body count. Going back to how we should enter that one, it definitely needs to be ESPN 30 for 30, big voice, and it needs to be like, what if I told you the NCAA is the greatest governing body to ever exist? And then we just go into it. People so wait. straight satire the whole way. <laughs> oh, well... I, that that's the only way I know how to do something like that. Well, I'm definitely I definitely want to do that because I feel like if we were if we have an opportunity to do something of that nature and actually get to research it, I feel like both of us will come out of the other side kind of surprised yeah. on just how many things they either let go or they attack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for instance, the football player uh couldn't move close to his mom who had a tumor. Yep. But then freaking um, Justin Fields can leave Georgia and go play for Ohio State. Give me a freaking break. They had uh, Georgia. Well, we don't need to get on to that one. But they had the Georgia player that tried to transfer to Illinois to be with his. Uh, uh, he had some family up there. I believe his grandpa was ill. Mm-hmm. And he wanted his grandpa to see him play. 
you know, hadn't seen him play football. Grandpa passed away for because they made him sit out this much. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. But yeah. and another one, the uh, another one that probably be sitting in there in terms of JRD special is it has to happen, man. War Memorial, Little Rock. Hey, if we do do that, um, Andy. It, we, yeah, we got to get Andy on for a full show, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm sure he'll want to. Always I'm a, sure he'll always, he'll always a little bit of it. So I, I, we we can still... definitely have some Central Arkansas and. Eastern Arkansas and out of Arkansas. Do you, do you think come he in. would though? Because that that email that we we get uh, fired up. I mean, we might have to do a little uncut one. He would just... he wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> well, I'm sure we can make it happen. He he literally said he was triggered. <laughs> we'll re-trigger. Okay, I mean, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun to have him on here. Anything for us? Uh, happy. Uh, well, kind of a question slash sign off here. Today is International Women's Day. Okay. Is it Keep international? Keep in mind you're married now. Is it international? Oh, she hates it. Okay. Is it, <laughs> is it international comma Women's Day or is it for international women? Oh, man. You know commas can really change a, a sentence. That's a big question to end on, man. I don't know if we got enough time on that. <laughs> but uh let us know at jrd okay <laughs> oh what a segment there for the uh the old twitter plug there for jrd Hawkcast, i'm dylan lee i'm jordan russell shout out to producer luke until next time and as always woo pig through game day comes around you'll see a little pride on my face because i got season tickets Cheering like a schoolgirl.